Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. In your Bible, Acts in chapter number 27. We are continuing, I'm sorry, Acts in chapter number 26. We are continuing in our series, verse by verse. This is message number 78 in our series in the book of Acts. But our message will revolve around our communion service this morning. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to think about it. As believers, as a believer, if you're a believer in Christ here this morning, and if you're not, I pray that this service will remind you of of all that Christ did for you because He wants you. He wants you to accept that free gift of eternal life, to become a a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. But for those that are believers, what is our cause? And how does our cause relate to the Christian practice of communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper? There are so many causes in our world, aren't there? Everywhere you turn, there's a new cause to give time, to give money, to give resources, to give energy to. Many of them are are worthwhile and positive, and when you go to the coffee shop, there's often a a cause. There's a jar there of something they'd like you to maybe give a little extra to. Sometimes the cause is just the tips for the barista, but other times it's it's something bigger than that, and they're asking, would you give to this cause? At the pet store, they'll ask you when you're buying your your dog food if you want to round up to the next dollar for some animal-related cause and maybe pet rescue. On social media, people will announce a cause that in lieu of giving them a birthday gift, maybe you can donate to this cause. As a pastor, I often have people who attend our church who want me to champion their personal mission or cause. They want me to lead the church to mobilize behind some cause, often a good cause but maybe not the primary cause or purpose of the church. Most of us, most people in this world will dedicate at least a portion of their lives, their time, and their financial resources to a cause of some sort. There are people who are passionate and devote their entire lives to a political cause, a a specific political party or a political campaign or a political candidate, and that becomes their life's cause. There are social justice causes. Some choose to highlight for their, with their lives and their time and their resources the cause of eradicating human trafficking and, or the cause for, of the need for clean water around the world in places where people don't have access to clean drinking water, or maybe to help feed those that are hungry around the world that are without food and without meals. Others will focus on serving the homeless or loving orphans. Those who have lost a loved one to cancer will sometimes make cancer research a cause they get involved in. All of these are worthwhile. The reality is that not all of us can get involved in and give toward of time and talent and resources to every cause, can we? Some people in recent months have made COVID their cause. And some have made it their cause to push maybe certain, certain uh, guidelines or mandates or we've ever got to get everyone vaccinated. And then others on the other side are, are anti-vaccination. That's their, that becomes their life cause. We've got to make, make sure no one gets vaccinated. And then there are people everywhere in between. And, and it seems that with every passing week or every passing month, there can be a new cause for which 
we need to get involved with. Some make access to quality education for underprivileged youth their cause, and others get involved in drug and alcohol counseling and charities. The list of possible causes to be a part of is endless. And by the way, many of the causes that I just listed, the Bible speaks to in positive lights and encourages Christians to get involved in. The Bible, Jesus talks about that we ought, to, we ought to help those pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the, wif- the, the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. We ought to have a heart for those that are hurting. The Bible talks about that we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves and talks about if we give a cup of cold water in the name of Christ, it's as if we've given it to him. If we've clothed the, the clothless and, and fed the hungry, that God sees that and that's a very good thing to do. But I don't know about you, sometimes can't it feel overwhelming to know exactly what cause as Christians should be our primary focus? and where we should place the bulk of our time, our energy, and our resources. Thankfully, the Bible tells the Christian exactly what our cause should be and where we should expend ourselves. And God even instituted the practice of communion for the church so that we would regularly refocus to remember our cause. Let's pick up where we left off last week in Acts in chapter number 21. I'm sorry, Acts in chapter number 26, verse number 21. Acts in chapter number 26 and verse number 21, if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, there should be one in the pew rack in front of you. I'd invite you to follow along and see the words of our Lord for yourself. Acts in chapter number 26, telling the story of, of the Apostle Paul as he is bound in chains, giving his defense and, and talking before King Agrippa, the Roman leaders that have had him detained for more than two years. Acts in chapter number 26, verse number 21. Would you read verse number 21 aloud with me? Ready? Begin. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Paul said, for these causes, the things I had given my life to, what I had been doing, my life's purpose, they caught me in the temple and they, they wanted to kill me. They had, in fact, had an assassination plot we saw several weeks ago ready to do just that. Verse number 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue, I continue what? In my cause. I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Would you read verse number 23? We're going to see what was Paul's cause. Read it aloud with me. Ready? Begin. That Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Look at verse number 16, if you will. This is right after Paul's salvation experience when he is, he is confronted with uh, the words of Christ on the Damascus Road in verse 16. Jesus himself, some of the very first words that Jesus spoke to Paul. But rise, he said, get up, Paul, and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. This is your purpose, Paul. This is your cause to make you a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Paul had devoted his life to a different cause, and on the Damascus road, God said, now that you're saved, here is your purpose, here is your cause, and now as Paul is speaking in verse numbers, uh, verses 21 and through 23, he is now 
uh, he has now devoted uh, decades of his life subsequently from that experience. When God gave him his cause, to now he stands for this cause. For these causes, they tried to kill me, but with the help of God, I continue this day in this cause. What causes? Paul, this prisoner, why, why is he, uh, what cause is he telling that he was called by to God? What was his ultimate cause or purpose? He tells us in verse 23, and, and I believe that it is our ultimate cause and our ultimate purpose. It is, our message is the gospel. What is the gospel? Those that might be new to church, you might not, that word, what does the, the word gospel mean? It simply means good news. What's good news? Well, when I get a raise, at work. That's good news. Well, that's not the gospel we're talking about. When the 49ers win, which hasn't been happening very much, that's good news. But, uh, but, but that's not what we're talking about. What good news? Paul tells us in verse number 23, for this cause, this was my cause. This is why they want to kill me, because I preached the good news that Jesus Christ, the gospel is simply this, that Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again, conquering death. It's what we celebrate at communion. The death, the, the broken body of Christ when we eat the wafer, the, 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 the spilled blood when we drink the juice. What are we remembering? We're remembering our cause. We're remembering the good news that Jesus Christ didn't leave us without a Savior, without a Messiah. He came to earth, and that believer is our cause. I'm thankful, and I've given money to other causes, and I've given time to other causes, and at times our church has gotten involved in other causes, and we support rescue missions, and we support orphanages, and we've helped to build feeding centers in Africa so that people that struggle to get food can get food. I'm thankful for some of those secondary causes, but all of those causes are subservient to the cause uh, for the believer, which is to preach the good news that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. That is our cause. Any other cause is subservient to that cause. And by the way, for the believer, any other cause we get involved in should point people to that cause. If we help, I have a special needs brother, we, 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 if we do a special event for special needs families, or, or we, have, we have families in our church that have adopted children or fostered children, if we do a special event to help foster families, those are all wonderful causes, but those causes should come from a heart. Why are we doing those things? Because of the love we've received from Christ, we show love to some of these groups that might need some help so that they can know there, there's a love out there that we need, and that is Jesus Christ. Giving clean water is a good thing, but giving clean water without telling them of the living water should not be the cause of the Christian. I'm all for helping to feed the hungry, but as we feed them physically, it ought to be with opportunities to be able to share the bread of life, to let them know of spiritual meat that they will have for eternity. We're taking our seniors on their senior trip, Lord willing, if we're able to with travel restrictions and such, uh, to the D Dominican Republic on a medical missions trip. I'm thankful for a cause like that, that we can go down and help people with their physical needs, but we're partnering with a ministry, with medical doctors that will do these things. But every person that receives medical help in that clinic, and Lord willing, in that week, there will be thousands of people that we will be able to be a part of a team that helps every single one of them as they receive physical help will also be given the, the, the help they need for their sin-sick soul, the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Giving people access to good education, but not educating them on the gospel eternally is a worthless cause. And so as we celebrate communion in a few moments, I want us to understand these thoughts about God's purpose from the Apostle Paul for every person on earth. Number one, if our cause is the gospel, number one, we must believe the gospel. That is salvation. We must personally experience the good news that Christ died, was buried, and rose again. And let me ask you this, if you're here this morning, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you died today, that you would go to heaven? What do we see when Paul said, for this cause, what cause, the cause of the gospel? Well, why was Paul giving his life to this cause? Long before he was preaching it to anybody else, he had first experienced it back in verses 14, 15, and 16. God had—somebody had given him the good news of salvation. That somebody for Paul was actually Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ himself came and spoke the words to Paul, and Paul experienced the gospel. Before we ever get involved in any any work of, of giving our lives to the cause of the gospel, we must first experience, accept, believe the gospel for ourselves. If you're here this morning, th- there's nothing about eating a, a piece of unleavened bread or drinking some unfermented juice that is going to get you anywhere near heaven. Uh, we'll be baptizing after, our, sir, after our, 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 uh, the preaching today. Going into the baptistry will not get you anywhere near heaven. You and I, in our lives, to have a life that has purpose and has meaning and has, has an eternal hope and an eternal promise, we must believe the gospel, salvation. We must allow the good news that Christ died for us to change us. If you're not here today, if you're here today and you don't know that Christ is your Savior, make today the day of your salvation. And when we believe the gospel, it will change our entire lives. It will change our focus. It will change our purpose. It will change our behavior. It will change our direction. It will change our calling in life. Isn't that what happens with so many other causes on a lesser level? When we experience something, it changes things about us. I mentioned it earlier, if somebody in your life that's very close to you, maybe a mom or a brother or a sister or a dad, has been touched by cancer, often that will change. I think, Connie, if I remember correctly, your sister, is it your sister that passed away with cancer? Is that right? I'm sorry? Your twin sister passed away with cancer. Well, when she experienced that cause, if you will, when that touched her life, I think it's once or twice a month now on a Saturday you give up your day off and you go volunteer for cancer organizations and cancer research and things. What what happened? She experienced something that touched her so deeply that it changed her priorities. It changed her resources. It changed her time. It changed what she gave her life to. How much more, and by the way, Connie's involved in in many great gospel uh, projects, how much more when we experience the gospel? Should it change everything about us? Our schedule, our habits, our priorities. Paul said, I trusted Christ. I personally experienced the gospel, and it became my cause. The gospel transformed everything about me. By the way, that's what happened to me and my family as well some 30 years ago. If you would have known us in in April of 1988, if you would have known our family, it would have looked nothing like the family that that I would introduce you to today. If I introduced you to my mom, who was here a couple of months ago, and and if I introduced you to my grandma and to to the things that we watched and the things that we listened to and the words that were said in our home and the things that were— drunk in our home, and the things that were smoked in our home, and and the different things that happened in our home, and the way that we treated one another, and the places that we went, and the priorities that we had, our lives are completely different. We live for a different cause, but where did it start? We received the gospel. We must believe the gospel, number two. 
In this passage, what do we see? We must allow the gospel to change us. I've already talked about that a little bit. That's sanctification. What does Jesus tell Paul? He said, I'm giving you this purpose. Look at verse 18. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go preach this truth to the Gentiles. And and notice in verse 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. That's the power of the gospel, to turn somebody from darkness to light, from the power of Satan. What do we just sing about? To the power of the cross. To turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What happens? Why do we celebrate communion? It's a reminder of our purpose. It's a reminder of our cause. It's a reminder of what saves us. And it's a reminder of what sanctifies us. That word sanctified just means to be set apart or purified or to be made more like Christ. It's our spiritual growth after salvation. That is what sanctification is, kind of a word we don't use a lot today. It is our spiritual growth after salvation. Just getting saved, by the way, it is enough to get to heaven, but it's not God's only purpose or cause or calling for you. Yes, He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you to trust Him as Savior. He wants you to accept the gospel, to believe the gospel, to experience the gospel, but then He wants you to grow in the gospel. And he wants it to change you, and he wants it to change. It changed Paul's career. It changed Paul's focus. It changed his purpose for living. It changed his future. It changed his eternity. Simply put, church, the gospel for Paul changed everything. And that's what it's supposed to do for me and for you. That is the power of the gospel. And if the gospel of Christ that you say you believe in isn't changing you or me, I would take some inventory if we've truly received it. Number three, what do we see in this? What do we do with the gospel? Number three, we must share the gospel. Multiplication. Look at verse number 19, please. Verse number 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus, and at Jerusalem, and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, and do works meet for repentance for these causes. What cause? The cause that I had given my life to, that I was going to tell everybody I could, that Jesus died for them and wanted to change their lives. Paul said, here was my, here was how my cause, here was how my purpose. Here's how my life changed. I experienced the gospel, meaning I accepted it. It it was a personal relationship. I started with Jesus. I got saved, and then I started to grow in the gospel, and that, that gospel sanctified me, and then it started multiplying, and everywhere I went, I preached Jesus. And here's what happens sometimes with our causes. We get so distracted by other things, we lose sight of the real cause. And I'm glad to help with some temporal needs, and I'm thankful for good causes, and I'm thankful for those that stand for things in our nation where where there are liberties being torn down. I'm thankful for those things, but don't lose sight of the fact that our ultimate cause is to preach the name of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that God has given us religious liberty in America. And by the way, in some corners, that religious liberty in some ways, we're not under persecution, but in some ways those things are under attack. 
And as believers, we ought to do what we can to stand for those things. But may I stop, and this is going to maybe rub some people the wrong way. When I look at the example of Paul in the New Testament, religious liberty is something we should pray for, we should use, I believe we should stand for, we should vote for, we should do everything we can to preserve it for as long as we can. But can I say this for the believer? Nowhere in Scripture do I find that religious liberty is our cause. You know what I see with Paul? He wasn't worried if he had liberty to preach or not. He preached. And when he had freedom and liberty to preach in the synagogues, guess what he did? He preached in the synagogues. And when that behavior got him sent to jail, you know what Paul did? He started a petition, I deserve my religious liberty. You know, you know what he did? He said, I guess that means God wants me to preach to people in jail. I guess now my ministry for these two or three or four years is in jail. Paul wasn't worried, are they going to give me permission to preach? Paul said, wherever they put me, until they put me in the grave, wherever they put me, I'm preaching. Now, that's not to say that as Christians, we ought not care what happens in Sacramento or in, in, in Orange County or in Washington, D.C. That's not to say we ought not be involved. That's not to, uh, to say we ought not to vote our Christian values. What that is to say is be careful that we don't get distracted by what our ultimate cause is. No matter where God places us, no matter where we live, we had missionaries a couple of weeks ago. Aren't you glad there are some Christians in countries where they don't have religious liberty that are still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where the government, if they find out about it, there are repercussions, but guess what? Their cause is no different than ours. We must share the gospel. We can't keep it to ourselves. If we had the solution to all homelessness, we wouldn't keep it to ourselves. If we had the final cure for cancer, we would, we would share it. If, if we had the ability to end abuse, we would do it immediately. Yet we have something greater, church. We have the answer for the eternal healing of every problem in our sin-cursed world. And yet, myself included, we hide it under a bushel so often. We have the kids in here, and maybe sometimes in kids' class, they sing that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. But we might sing it in children's class, but adults, do we live it Monday through Friday? Does anybody, does anybody in our neighborhood ever get invited to come to our home, and do they ever have any idea that we're believers? Do we ever invite them maybe to join us for a special event at church, or drop off a gospel presentation, or some literature to their home, or help them just get to know them, and shoot them texts, and ask if you can pray for them? Does anybody at the restaurants we, we frequent, or the, the, the coffee shops we frequent, or the grocery stores we frequent, or in our cubicles, in our, in our workplaces, do we do anything to multiply the gospel? Paul said, for these causes, they tried to kill me. What was the cause? I tried to multiply the gospel, share it with everyone I could. We have the greatest news in all the world, and yet we share it so often. We never give any time or financial resource to spread the gospel. How can this be so, Christian? How can we have something so great and do so little with it? So what is our cause? What is God's plan for us as believers? He's not willing that any should perish. Number one, it's salvation. What is our cause, our purpose? Number two, it's sanctification. Number three, it's multiplication. And what does this, and we're almost done, what does this have to do with the communion service? Well, our final thought, number four, we must regularly remember the gift of the gospel. We must regularly remember the gift of the gospel. So what we're about to do, Christians, church family, we're about to partake in the ordinance, what we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. And what this is, it's a practice that Jesus instituted with his own disciples. 
One of the last things he did was he, that's why we call it the picture of the Last Supper. He sat down and he had communion with them. And what he did is he broke the bread and he said, this is my body. Take it and eat it. It's going to be broken for you. And then he took the, the juice and he said, this is my blood, which is spilled for you. Jesus instituted the practice, and then Paul in, in 1 Corinthians and in other places in Scripture, we see it being ordained or, or given to the local church to do on a regular basis. And it's a time where, where the, the, it says it's done in remembrance, why, of our cause. It, re, it reminds us of why we do what we do, of why we have what we have, the free gift of eternal life of why we know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when we die, we're going to heaven. It reminds us of those things. And Paul tells the church that they should regularly set aside times to remember these things. They should take time to do these things together, to come together around the table to remember their ultimate cause, their ultimate purpose, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate gift of love. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.